Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work-life balance expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors and experts from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help you on your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the 13th. I can't believe we're halfway through June already, and the start of summer is less than a week away. So I want to thank you for joining me today, and just a huge shout-out to our June sponsor. It's Susan Sharp from A Sharp Difference, and she's a motivational speaker and workshop presenter. And visit her website at asharpdifference.com. Susan also has created a podcast which is dedicated to growing creative ideas and sparking conversations. So I encourage you to check out her website. And thanks so much, Susan, for being our June sponsor for the June show. Today, I'm excited to interview my guest today. It's probably an understatement. He is a fellow Canadian. He is a fellow yogi, which I'm very excited about. And his name is Corey Poirier, and I'm hoping I did justice to the pronunciation of his last name. He is a multiple-time TEDx and Mo Monday speaker. He's also the host of the top-rated Conversations with Passion radio show. And he's featured in one of the specials on Eastlink TV, Tele Television, and he's also a columnist with Entrepreneur Magazine, Progress Magazine. And he has appeared on Global TV, CTV, CBC TV, and radio, all of which are Canadian. My palms up in the air here. And he's also been one of the few leaders to be featured twice on the popular Entrepreneur on Fire show. Welcome to the Changebook Radio Show. Thank you so much, Deb. I'm really excited, and, uh, and I'll even go so far as to say super stoked to be here. Well, you know, my, my heart is always open when I get a fellow Canadian, and I just want to say, first of all, it's just an honor for me to interview you today, and I'm just, I'm so taken back by all of what you have done in your career and your speaking, and I want to dive right in and talk about that, but the first thing I want to talk about is the book of why and how, because really, you and I have been First, we've heard each other's voice. It's so funny to build a relationship with someone online and get to know them, which you and I have done. And I was so honored to be part of the book of why and how. And I was wondering if you would just share a little bit of insight and wisdom as to how this book came about and kind of what was your drive to create it. Yeah, absolutely. So the, I guess the why it came about really has to do with the fact that I have been obsessed for a long time now with interviewing what I'll call high and and maybe even so far as to say super achieving leaders. You know, so these are leaders that are achieving at the highest level. I call them enlightened super achievers because they don't just get to the top by themselves. They want to help other people get to the top with them. And so at this point, I've done over 5,000 interviews 
with these high-level achievers, trying to figure out what makes them unique and what makes them tick and what makes them different. And then ultimately, what I really get excited about is sharing that exclusive insight with people through various platforms. And I really think a book platform is one of the best ways to share this type of insight because it has a lasting impact and you just never know when somebody's going to discover their written word. And, and the proof of that is earlier books I, I've written, uh, one was uh, I just discovered was is in the history section of a library. And people have come to me saying, you know, I signed out your book. I didn't know what it was about. And here's what I took from it or here's how it impacted my life. So I knew a book format is what I wanted to do with, with this, this one. And I guess the how it came about was essentially the real need, for me at least, the need to actually get this into print was bigger than uh, the challenges of getting it into print. And so that's sort of how it came about. And the catalyst was really just I wanted to get this information out to the world as, as most efficient as I could. And even though the printed book market is maybe not the same as it used to be, there's still obviously a large number of people reading printed books. And at the same time, we decided to put this book together in a way that we could also appeal to those that aren't reading printed books and are maybe focused on digital or Kindle books. So we, we released it in both formats. And that was really the catalyst was just finding a way to help people discover their purpose and then sharing with them the exclusive insight that I've learned for how they can crush it at the highest level, for lack of a better way of saying it. Well, and it must be intriguing to interview that many, as you call, enlightened super achievers. What are some of the main characteristics that you've noticed or observed that maybe has some commonality that would kind of be a catalyst for these enlightened super achievers you could easily off the top of your head say that you've noticed during your interview? So I guess... um maybe some common traits and elements that, that I, I've noticed is that, well, first of all, I guess I've noticed that um, people that are achieving at that high level, one of the things they're doing really well is they, and this is a challenging one, and especially for us as Canadians, but it's, I call it the power of no. So they understand the importance of being able to say no to all the things that will get in your way of moving the needle toward a yes. You know, so they say no to a lot of things and they say yes to a few. And so this is a commonality because they've learned that they can't do everything. And the busier they get, the more they have to say no to. So knowing what to say no to and how to say no to is one of those skills that I found serves these high achievers well. And they've also discovered that it's absolutely crucial to be able to say no and to know how to say no. So that's one of them. Another one is I've discovered that they all continually invest in lifelong learning. So even after your formal schooling is done, as Zig Ziglar has said, uh, that doesn't mean your self-education will ever be done. And so they've understood the importance of finding a way to efficiently learn and efficiently feed their mind the wisdom that other people don't necessarily have yet. So they just they become lifelong learners, and then they know how to efficiently take that insight and turn it into wisdom that they can use to uh, bring things to a higher level. And then another one would be that they've all discovered their purpose. You know, so I said that with the book, one of the things was I wanted to help people discover their purpose. Part of that was because I've discovered that the most common trait among the highest of achievers in the world is that they've discovered and they're living on purpose more often than everybody else. 
So those are kind of three commonalities that I've discovered right off the top. Well, it's so intriguing to me to hear that because we're we're better together when we're trying to grow and, and, and live our purpose, especially with passion and having the clarity to do so. But I like the point of what you said about saying no. And sometimes it's saying no, not only to be purposeful, but because it becomes a time management piece. And, and my love is work-life integration and being able to have those two distinct areas of your life and not have them crossed over and, and being able to say no with still that level of success and feeling good about saying no and being able to delegate certain tasks. I just think that's such a neat way that you frame that. Now, one of the other things I wanted to ask you in interviewing so many super achievers is how do the ones that you've uh, interviewed that maybe have excelled and reached the top Sometimes being at the top can be super, super lonely. And who have you interviewed or have you had an opportunity to interview a super achiever that's got there and, and they're, they're at the top and things are going great, but then you're kind of at the glass ceiling. So where do you go from there? So, you know, such a great question. And, you know, I run into, I mean, I will say with a lot of the people that I've interviewed, they it seems anyway, they've understood that there's a big value in surrounding yourself with the right people. They seem to understand that wealth isn't just material wealth or even just success in life and in business. They really understood the importance of being around family, being around friends, surrounding themselves by people that lift them up. And so I would say that, you know, for the most part, a lot of them realize that even if they hit a plateau, if you will, or if they hit that sort of ceiling, that the best way for them to, I'm going to say, I mean, they always, almost all of the high achievers that I interview always want to be growing. They always want to be achieving. But if they hit that sort of brick wall or plateau, I think they've realized that the best way to get past that is through collaboration with others and through surrounding yourself with the right people. So to give you an example, you know, if we just look at somebody that's trying to get their message out and they've sort of hit that wall and they can only get it out to so many people and now they're stuck, but let's say they've surrounded themselves with a lot of people that maybe have large networks. Well, an example of them now collaborating is maybe they work together on some sort of project. You know, we might call it a joint venture project or they might just be partnering together and helping each other. Maybe they both say, okay, well, I have you know, this list of and this network of people is this big, you have this one here, no money has to exchange hands, but why don't we both uh, share each other's messages out to our, you know, to our respective networks. And that's one way where now together, both of those people can basically reach, let's say if they had the same list, 10,000 people each, now they can both reach 20,000 people with their message rather than just 10. So when they hit those walls, they've realized that if I partner with other people for the right reasons and in the right way, that's the way I can get past it. But then that also helps counteract the idea of sort of the lonely at the top syndrome. And that's that's a great way to frame that as well. And and you know, I think the common element that you've said a couple of times now is regardless if you're a super achieving enlightened leader or whoever you are in business or life, we really have 
to be lifelong learners because there becomes a, a stagnancy, I think, when, when you kind of stop and you land up in a holding pattern, which I know many people do. So I'd love to shift gears for just a moment because I know you have done multiple TEDx talks. And I know through my coaching and my speaking, I have met many people all over the world, and that's on their bucket list. So because you've done this multiple times, would you give someone who's thinking about doing a TED Talk, wants to prepare for a TED Talk? Now that you've done so many of them, what advice would you give someone who's really seriously considering applying to do a TED Talk? So this is an interesting one, Deb, because right now, and, and I, I won't go too far into this because it is pre- preliminary, but also um, it's, it's not secretive, but we're also not trying to reveal too much. But interesting you asked this question because I'm working with somebody right now who went through one of my programs, and now we're taking to the next level and putting together a documentary just about this subject. And so I'm working with her, and, and she's, uh, you're going in that direction, wanting to land her first TED Talk. So this is something that, first of all, I get the question really often about. So it tells you how popular this is right now. Uh, like I said, it's, it's something that's big enough that we decide to invest our efforts into sharing this via video. And so what would I say to somebody who wants to go in this direction? Well, because I get this question so much, one of the things I did was I actually launched a program, uh, a TEDx program, teaching people this, but if I were to sit across from somebody and they said, you know what, I only have whatever, let's say 15 minutes, and I won't even take that long, of course, but I only have 15 minutes to uh, learn at least a few of the key things about delivering a TEDx talk, you know, whether that means how do I get one or whether that means how do I deliver one at the highest level. Well, what I would probably say in a very short answer is I would say, well, first and foremost, you need to get really clear. I mean, absolutely crystal clear on what you're wanting to and what you're planning to present on. Because if whether you're being nominated or nominating yourself, once you start talking to the organizers, that's going to be the thing that's going to be a that's going to make them listen longer and with more interest. So they're going to want to see that you have a clear understanding of what your talk is. What I also would say is TED and TEDx the tagline is ideas worth spreading. And so I would say, truly ask yourself, why is this an idea worth spreading? My idea, well, you know, why is it an idea worth spreading? And why would people spread it? How would they spread it? So in other words, after getting crystal clear on the idea, I would get crystal clear on why would somebody share it? That being their tagline, they obviously want to know that somebody's going to spread this news or share this, this talk that you delivered. So that's the second thing uh, I would say, the other thing that you want to do is you want to look at what TEDx or TED events are near you and be realistic about where you're willing to travel to deliver the talk. And then the other thing is make sure when you get crystal clear on that idea, it's something that you can deliver with power and with impact in less than 15 minutes. Because I think still the longest you can deliver a TEDx talk for it to be aired is 18 minutes, but most of the events will tell you it's 15 because they want to make sure you don't go near the 18. So I would say make sure you can deliver it in 15, and if you're brave enough, one of my TEDx talks was five minutes. I mean, you could go for the really short ones that they do, but you need to know that this is a talk you can deliver in that much time and have people walk away saying, wow. The last thing I would probably share is something that somebody shared with me at the last TEDx talk I was involved in. We were talking about how they select 
speakers, and he said something to me that was really profound just in the way he shared it. And what he said was, we're not really as focused on the idea itself as we are on you being the person that can deliver a message in a way people haven't heard it before and have them understand it in a way they haven't understood it before. So I would ask yourself, are you able to do all that with the talk that you came up with? So I would say, Deb, you know, as a short answer, that would be kind of five things I would try to hit. I mean, obviously there's things like make sure that you add humor, but do it in the right way, making sure it's universal, but it's also unique enough that people still go, wow. But that those five things I mentioned would be the, the, probably the thing I would tell somebody if I had them for over a quick coffee and they asked me that question. Well, well done. That that was like oh, thank you so much. better than I thought you were going to see. There, it was like a truncated. Here's here's your here's your myth to madness. That's awesome. Now oh, I have so a, I have my two books, the book of why and how that I got from you, and coincidentally, or maybe not, I am heading out to Illinois later this month to visit my colleague, Susan Sharp, who is also the sponsor of the show this month. And I'm giving her the second copy of the book. Awesome. Love it. So is that serendipitous? Or what do you think? I, I, I forgot to tell you who I was giving the book to, the second one. And I'm giving it to her, and here she is. On your show, so I thought that was kind of neat to share. Now I know I know you're a fellow yogi, so I'd like you to tell me about that. What training have you done? When did you do it? And and how has it changed and affected your life? So I haven't. So first part is I haven't had any formalized training. However, I I have been practicing yoga off and on for well over 20 years and I'm 43. So more than half my life, I can say, or at least close to half my life. What pulled me into yoga and probably at the same time, how it changed my life is I was looking for answers. So I was in my, I want to say early twenties and I was having balance problems was the real big one. And I couldn't find any answers in the traditional medical world. And it wasn't like, I mean, I don't want to say it was, um, equilibrium problems on steroids, if you will. I just mean it was like I couldn't, if I kept my eyes open and I stood in one spot, I would be swaying back and forth. And I knew that that wasn't really good in terms of balance problems. And so I wasn't finding answers anywhere. And people kept making recommendations. I tried ear candling. I tried a lot of different things. And then somebody suggested yoga. And I was like, well, I've tried everything else. Why not give this a try too? And so I went to a local yoga class. This was in, um, in Edmonton, in Alberta, when I was living there. And I went to a yoga, local yoga class. And obviously, I wouldn't say one class, my balance was much better. But I, I felt better in general. And so I kept going back. And I want to say, if I'm going to put a timeline on it, and this is going by memory, I'm going to say probably in about two months, I had gone from a person that was struggling for whatever reason to stand just in one spot and not swaying to a person that could do tree pose. Uh, so people that know yoga know probably what I mean, but for those that don't, it's basically standing on one foot and then I guess you could say bending your other, uh, your other leg and putting it against the foot that's standing. And I went from being able to do, like I say, not being able to stand with my eyes open in one spot for a long period of time without swaying to being able to close my eyes and do tree pose and not sway. And that was within a couple of months. So I was hooked 
because I hadn't found and ever, and you know, I haven't come across much in my life that, you know, if you take conventional medicine out of the, the picture and you practice something for a short amount of time where I've actually seen health benefits, I haven't seen that many times and yoga did that. And so then I started noticing flexibility benefits. I started noticing even weight loss benefits. And, and then, of course, it was almost like I was meditating, so I was getting the, the silence and using my breath and breathing into parts of my body I normally wouldn't breathe in, so I was actually properly breathing. So I was seeing a whole bunch of benefits. And then I didn't – I guess the best part, way to finish that off is to say, because I've seen so many of those benefits, even though there's been times and periods where it's been off, and it shouldn't be, I should be always practicing – I've been times practicing once uh, every day, seven days a week to times where I've gone like a month without practicing. But when I practice, I feel better and I'm healthier and I, you know, notice less ailments or aches, you know, and I'm getting into my mid forties now and I shouldn't have any aches anyway, but with not practicing yoga, I notice my age a little bit more. And so it's really just been the benefits I've seen have been health benefits, but of course that carries over into your work because it makes you, you know, become more productive, you sleep better, you get more done. So it has all those business benefits because of the health benefits that came with it. But the trigger and the catalyst was my dealing with an ailment that traditional medicine didn't help me solve. Well, I'm a new teacher and I, I just love how you just explained why you started doing yoga and more importantly, as you age, how it 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 does help defy aging, and and your body does know when it's going to happen. But funny enough, did you know that tree pose is one of the best poses to put any new person to try because it's one of the poses that actually help people become calm. Wow, I I did not know that. And you know what? That's one of the other beautiful things about yoga is I learn something new every single day that the word yoga comes up. Something that's in the discussion or when I'm practicing, something new always comes up. And and it'll always continue to be so happy to hear that you're doing that. And it's just so holistic. So I've got a couple minutes left. Can you just quickly share with us what you want for the last half of 2018, do you have some goals? Do you have any kind of incentives or programs that you're running that you can share with us? Yeah, absolutely. I can do two things. One, uh, what I'd love to do, and, and I'm hoping it's okay that I do this, but I'd be happy to uh, give the listeners as a thanks for listening a copy of not my most recent book, but the previous book before that, a, a digital copy for free. If people want to uh, check that out and grab a copy, you just have to go to letsdoinfluencing.com. So it's as simple as that, letsdoinfluencing.com, and you can grab my enlightened book, uh, which was um, the book I released, I guess, just before this one. Um, so people, feel free to grab that, and that's sort of a gift. But the other side, in terms of what's coming up last part of this year, I'm getting really excited, as I always do, that we're going to be opening the doors to our speaking program and our TEDx program, which is the newer one. We have two now. But uh, I get excited every time because I'm constantly getting questions from people about how can I get into speaking? How can I earn an income as a speaker? How can I impact lives from the stage? And this is my chances each year to be able to do that. You know, I'd love to be able to have the doors open all the time, but it's just obviously it's a lot more efficient to have people going through it at the same time because we do Q&A calls, live calls, all this kind of stuff that makes sense to have a group at once. So I can only open it every so often. So I'm really excited to have that happening soon. 
in before, or I guess we'll say just before that opening, another thing that's happening related to that is I'm releasing my next book. It's not going to be the similar type of release, uh, Deb, that you witnessed with this one. It's going to be more of a niche release. So when I say that, I mean it's going to be a very targeted release. But it's going to be on Amazon for five days for free in mid-July. And then um, and then it'll go up slightly. Uh, but it's a book about the speaking business. You know, same idea as my program, but it's, it's basically a condensed version, but it's completely free. So we're getting ready to release that. We're getting ready to release uh, season three of our podcast called For the Love of Speaking. All of these things, we try to do stuff like that whenever the program's opening. So that way we're not just saying, hey, we have a new program open. We're saying, here's a tremendous amount of value. If you get into the program, great. Even if you don't, um, still awesome. We're still happy to deliver some value for you as well. So I'm just really excited to be focused on teaching people the speaking business as we go forward. So a lot of that will happen in July. If people want to learn more about it or sign up so that they make sure they're in the loop when all that happens, thespeakingprogram.com. So thespeakingprogram.com is where we typically open the doors. And so people can go there now and and I think there's a free video they can check out and they can sign up to make sure they're in the loop as well. But that's the, that's the biggest thing coming up for the rest of the year. Well, congratulations on all the success you've had to date and your new book. And I will definitely add those two website references to our episode info so people can get a digital copy of your book and then find out about your program. And I just want to say I hope I did not your uh, surname at the beginning. I hope I did it some justice there. And I love interviewing my fellow Canadians. I'm glad you're back in Prince Edward Island, which is on our beautiful East Coast, which I'm I'm yet to get out there. So now I can say I know somebody here and get an excuse <laughs> to travel out to Eastern Canada. Awesome. I love it. And yeah, you did, uh, you did fantastic with my, my last name. In fact, I've often been known to say that uh, when people ask me how to pronounce it, I usually tell them, but then I say, you know, that's the best I can do because I pronounce it in a very English way and it's a very French name. And so you did it way more justice than I can do. And it's been my name for, for my life. So you did great. Well, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. And to keep in touch and good luck with your your new book release i look forward to keeping in touch and it was just a pleasure to interview you thanks so much deb it's been a pleasure as well take care bye-bye so thanks so much to Corey for his candid interview and interviewing over 5,000 leaders super achievers just what a task and and I, I'm just, it was just an honor to have him on the show. And I look forward to his new book. And I will add those websites, com, so you can get and download a digital copy of the book that preceded the book of why and how. And I will also speakprogram.com on our episode info. So I want to thank my sponsor, Susan Sharp from A Sharp Difference, for the month of June. And check her website. She has so many tools in her toolkit that are free for you to download, and her podcast is there for you to listen to her current episodes, and it's the Create Yourself podcast. So before I go, I want to share something really exciting with you. You all know I love work-life integration, and self-care is the number one element that people do not 
take time to do every day. I am having a conference in October. We only have 100 seats and registration opened a week ago and we are are already 25% tickets sold. So head over to deb.crow, debcrow.com, pardon me, and get your conference and you can see all the information there and I'm also giving away a table of 10 for free to any young women who are age 20 and over all they have to do is do a video and tell me why they want to come post it on Instagram so it's the left tag me on Instagram Deb Crow Midlife Deb Crow Midlife Wisdom and then share it to attend for free. So thanks for tuning in to the Changebook Radio Show. I hope everyone has a great week, and I'll be back with you here next week on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Take care and have a great week.